But man, we are so glad that you're here. How many glad you came to church this morning? We're going to have a great morning, and I want to encourage you. This is a good opportunity. We're going to respond to the Lord and just experience everything that he has for us. You know, Pastor Jamie just mentioned uh, last week's Sunday night, we had five people get filled with the Holy Spirit and the evidence of speaking in other tongues. So it's like that's the initial evidence. So how do you know somebody got filled with the Holy Spirit? Well, they started speaking in other tongues. And so we are so grateful to see. I mean, God is on the move. I mean, the enemy likes to chirp. Social media likes to tell everything that dark that's going on. But how many know that in the church, it is bright? And I'm not just talking about the four walls. I'm talking about us as believers. It gets brighter and brighter. I mean, when you hear stories like Chelsea, who just did such a wonderful job sharing what Jesus has done, Jesus is working. Did you know that he is moving on our behalf this morning? And so today, we're just going to jump into this. And let's, let's pray before we start. Father, we... And we are so thankful for your love. We're so thankful that you gave us the mighty Holy Spirit to live strong and mighty on the inside of us. And this morning, we fully expect you, Holy Spirit, to reveal Jesus to us in our own spot, in our own ways, right where we need him. Father, we thank you for that. We thank you that you are the revealer and the teacher of the church. And we fully depend on you now this morning in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. All right, as we said, I want to just take a few minutes again just to reiterate a couple things that were just brewing in my heart as we took some time to pray for us as a church family, the season that we're in, the season that we've entered. And again, I don't want to reiterate, but a lot of the words that we got over the course of this last period of time was talking about we just entered this building being called the Jehovah Jireh, the Lord, our provider. And did you know Abraham didn't just say that about God? He named the place Jehovah Jireh. So for you and I, God said that this is the place for us as a church family that he called it Jehovah Jireh, meaning the Lord will provide. So I don't know about you, but that gets me excited because, hey, anytime that there's need in the church, guess who has to meet it? Well, God, but he's going to use you and I. So that means more of this, more money is coming our way, more resources coming our way. And I just go, thank you, Lord. I receive that. Secondly, he also said that there was times of refreshing have we've entered into that season. And there'll be many people that will laugh and say, how can that be? How can that be? But we'll just turn around and say, we told you so. And the goodness of God is chasing us every step of the way. It's not about you, but I've just been declaring times of refreshing are here. They're in me. They're on my family. They're in the church. Times of refreshing because it comes from the presence of the Lord. Well, now that we've, we've been in this building for about a month and a half now, and we're excited about we're still learning how everything works. Uh, the good thing about all this, I just sense that the, the new season that we've stepped into is that not only have we moved in this place, but there's also a spiritual assignment that has been given to us as a church family. And of course, I mean, you can read about what our heartbeat and all that stuff is, and that's wonderful. But I'm not necessarily talking about those things as much as you can be involved and be part of those, but strengthen for the church. It's time for the church to be strong, to be strengthened, because God never designed the church to be weak, you know, not able to make it, constantly feeble, constantly looking for other things. We need some help. We're constantly in need. No, the church is to be the center focus of the community that we live in. And so for you and I to be strong, that's been God's plan from the beginning. And I want to just give you a couple of verses again, but in Ephesians 6.10, the very verse that we see, it says, Be strong in the Lord. In conclusion, be strong in the Lord, draw your strength from Him, and be empowered through your union with Him and in the power of His boundless might. You know, I like the way that the uh, Message Bible says it. The Message says it like this, And that about wraps it up. God is strong, and he wants you strong. 
So that's the whole design of the church. And I wanna, again, we read all through Psalms last week, but I wanna give you a couple scriptures in the New Testament. I don't necessarily have these on the board. Is somebody up there to work with me this morning? You guys, we got some clickers there? Okay, just making sure you're following me here. But Jesus has provided all the ingredients for the church to be strong. I'm gonna say that one more time. Jesus has already provided all the ingredients to be strong. Now, what do I, what's, the, what's the purpose of strength? We'll, we'll touch upon that a little bit. But again, also for strength is that we can actually not just go through trials and tribulations strong, but it's also that we can carry the kingdom assignments that God has given us. Because how many know, like Pastor John, again, I've referred to that a couple weeks ago, talked about that heaven has an agenda. God has an agenda to what he wants to do on planet earth. And I have absolutely said, Lord, I am willing to pick up your agenda. I lay mine aside and I want your agenda to come to pass in my life. Yes, but also in the city that I live in, the family that I'm raising. Lord, I'm saying yes to you. God has a plan. God has an agenda. Are we aware of it? All right, there's three people in this room. Are you understanding this? So I'm really encouraging. We all got plans. We all got New Year's resolutions that you're working towards. Fine, great. But more importantly is God has an agenda for your life personally. He's got an agenda for your family. He's got an agenda for the church to move forward in these last days. Can I get a little bit more of a grunt here? Huh? So what we're looking for is not this, oh, whatever God wants to do, he can just do. He can't. He has limited himself to working with mankind, and he needs you and I to cooperate with him in these last days. So again, Jesus providing everything we need to be strong. A couple of scriptures, you can write these down for you to look at, but Romans 8.11, as an example, it says, God raised Jesus to life, and then God's spirit of resurrection now lives on the inside of you. You don't have a spirit of defeat on the inside of you. You do not have the spirit of fear on the inside of you. You have the very resurrection life of Almighty God dwelling on the inside of you. The same life that raised Jesus from the dead dwells inside of you. And the Bible says that that spirit, the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, is going to quicken your mortal bodies. Woo! Come on, church, that little more. That's what I'm talking about. Next, he goes on to say, and this is what kind of touching on our prayer week last week, 1 Corinthians 14, 4, it says, the one who speaks in tongues, he edifies himself. He strengthens himself. Anybody ever feel kind of, you know, spiritually weak before? Where you just all of a sudden a situation comes your way and you go, man, I just, I feel absolutely exhausted by even just looking at this. Anybody have that before? Man, many times. So one of the tools that we see, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. How do I do that? Take some time praying in other tongues. When you're doing that, the Bible says that you are strengthening your inner man. And you're just getting ripped on the inside. So now when you start facing these things, you go, I got the strength on the inside. There it is. I've tapped into something. And that's the Lord providing the strength for you. And thirdly, now also, actually, another scripture, Jude 1 verse 20 says, You, beloved, build yourselves up. Say, build yourself up. See, just like the gym, anybody started going to the gym this past little while? No, I didn't. It's too cold. Forget it. We'll start that in the summer. But for those that maybe have tried or started it, I can't go to the gym for you. You can't go to the gym for me. I'd be crazy. I expect Jamie going to the gym and I go, man, I want my muscles to get bigger. Jamie, can you go to the gym and start working out for me? That would be wonderful, would it not? 
Yes, but it doesn't work that way. So the Bible says, build yourself up. By Amplified says, on the foundation of your most holy faith. He says, progress, rise like an edifice, higher and higher. How do you do that? By praying in the Holy Spirit. So what is that? Praying in other tongues. Take time doing it. Well, I don't feel like doing it. Do it. Do you feel like going to the gym? Not necessarily. Do it. Why? Because we want you around for the long haul. Get in shape. And so spiritually wise, start taking time. Just so well, man, I don't feel anything. It's not about your feeling. You are strengthening your inner man by the spirit of God living on the inside of you. Remember, God is always turned on. I just feel like this is just so difficult. It's because, you know, the proverb says 2410, I believe, is that when you fail, it's because your strength is weak. So notice it doesn't say if there's failure because the obstacle was too big. It just means I haven't tapped into the resource on the inside, which is the resurrection life of God living on the inside of me. So it may not look pretty. It may not be, I'll give you all the goosebumps that we're all looking for. But just sitting down in your chair and just taking consecrated time just to start praying in other tongues. Watch what happens to you on the inside. Strength is there. All right. And then another example, I mean, there's plenty of scriptures for us, but I want you to see this in Ephesians chapter 4, 12 through 13. I believe I have that on the screen for you guys to see in the Message Bible. <clears throat> talking about this, he says, he handed out gifts, talking about Jesus after he came to this earth and ascended again. Then he handed out gifts of apostle, prophet, evangelist, and pastor and teacher to train Christ's followers in skilled servant work, working within Christ's body, the church. How long? Until we are all moving rhythmically and easily with each other, efficient and graceful in response to God's Son. So what's the purpose of all of us, you and I, getting together? Is learning and equip, getting equipped on how to flow and operate in response to Jesus Christ. So we're going, what was church all about today? I'm, I'm getting aligned. I'm getting my equipment that I need so that you and I can be responding and working together for what the Lord wants to accomplish. This is ultimately where we're going. So we may not be there quite yet, but we are well on our way. I will never look at the church and go, man, the church has just got so many, there's so many wrinkles, there's so many blots, there's so many spots. Are you talking, kidding me? You got to look at it from his perspective. How he bought it with his own blood and he looks at you and he sees no fault. So what are you and I doing? As again, we're taking time praying in other tongues. He starts aligning us on the inside. Where does all the change take place? Well, we're looking for unity on the outside. If we can just stand shoulder to shoulder. Come on, stand with me, stand with me. That's not unity. <laughs> unity begins on the inside. Working togetherness and alignment takes place where? Inside. God is an inside working God. So by you just simply taking times, praying in other tongues, it will edify you absolutely. But guess what? It's going to build the church family to another level. Woo. I'm telling you. Uh, response to Hassan, Then he said, being coming fully mature adults. I don't know when I read that, I go, so I'm not there yet. <laughs> then he also says to be fully developed within and without fully alive like Christ. We have a glorious future. 
ahead of us. Amen. Now also look at this ministry all throughout the New Testament was all geared towards strengthening the church in Jesus Christ. Look at this scripture, Romans 1.11. The apostle Paul said this. He says, I long to visit you so that I can bring you some spiritual gift that will help you grow strong in the Lord. What's the, what's the purpose of us gathering together? Even what you see in Hebrews chapter 10, it says not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together and encouraging one another. That word encouraging in the Greek is literally somebody to stand beside and start building and lifting them up. That's literally what it means. So what is the purpose of church gathering? It's not just to go, oh, we do churchy things and yay, praise the Lord. That's all great. But it's also to stand next to somebody who may be going through something and you say, come on. Keep going. The word of God has never failed. This is what the word says. Keep going. This is what the purpose of our gathering is. And then it goes outside these walls. Let's keep going. Keep strengthening. Keep establishing. Keep pulling people along. Let's go. Why? Because we have a job to do. The church has got a job. We didn't just get saved and go, okay, Jesus, you just figure this whole thing out and I'll wait till the rapture. No, I'm here to fulfill a job because one day I'm going to stand before him and I got to give an account for everything I've done in this life. And I want to make sure that I hear well done the way I like my steak. Well done. Are you kidding me? Kill that thing. I want to eat it. All right. Little touchy subject all of a sudden. People, well, what did he say? Well done, meat. No, boo. <laughs> Calm down now. I don't know. Maybe it was the vegetarians yelling at me. I don't know. But look at this. In Acts chapter 14, I also want you to see why is it so crucial for you and I to be strong in these last days? Church, I, I, I fall to my knees. I don't want to rip my pants more. But I'm, I'm telling you, we need to grasp this. We must be strong in these last days. It is not an option. It is not an option. Satan knows his time is short. And as a result of that, he is doing everything he can to deceive. He's doing everything he can to steal, kill, and destroy. And I don't know about you, but I'm not interested in seeing my brothers and sisters in Christ fall short or continually not being able to see the glorious power of the gospel work in their lives because Satan's working on against them. No chance. So I don't know about you, but as a church family, there's something that we got to gird up. Same way how even my family, if anybody were to touch my kids, are you kidding me? I will break your arm and pray for you after. Don't you dare. Why? Because I'm in covenant with them. And it's the same way for us as a church family. There needs to be some kind of a grit with us as well that don't, don't you touch my brother in the Lord. Satan hands off. And right now I, I got authority. Let's pray over this thing. So we start taking this and go, no, 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 no. Don't you touch. This is where the family comes in. All right. So again, talking about the Apostle Paul and strengthening the church. So he says, after preaching the good news of the gospel and winning a large number of followers to Jesus, they retraced their steps and revisited. Now notice what they did. The Apostle Paul, and they saw like he could just jump in a car and say, yeah, I'll just head out to Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch. That's a lot of walking. So after they just had a Man, a lot of people accepted Jesus. They said, man, something burning on the inside of them. Let's go back to the churches we started. Let's go see how they're doing. The Bible, actually, some translations say, and there, we shared our souls with them. What does that mean? It's actually to share, hey, this is what's going on in my life. Where are you at? And to constantly strengthen. That's why, you know, Jim and Connie sitting here. They're running our freedom session. That's a big part of healing through discipleship. What's going on in your life? It's not just, oh, praise the Lord. I'm just walking in the goodness of God. And you're just a jerk all week long, constantly bombarded. You're just angry all the time. That's not Christianity. 
Just because you slap the name Christian on it, that's what I'm teaching my kids. Just because they yell out, I'm a Christian, means nothing. Anyways, that's not my message. But I love that you see the heart of this great apostle that God used to bring the gospel to us. Gentiles, who are so far outside of the covenant of God, what God had with the Jews. And what does you see this heart that he says, let's go back. We're going to retrace the steps. Could you imagine you're on Paul's team? Guys, we're going back to Antioch. No, are you kidding me? They, they had the same heart that the apostle Paul had. And what did they do? Verse 22, he says, at each place that they went, what did they do to the church? They strengthened the lives of the believers. And they encouraged them, go deep. Don't just kind of dibble dabble in this. Don't just, you know, half in. If you accepted Jesus, might as well go all in. If they saw you park out here, you might as well go all in and experience the benefits of it. Who cares what that world thinks? They think you're nuts. I think they're nuts. <laughs> Encourage them to go deeper in their faith. And then they taught them in their strengthening. It is necessary for us to enter. Say with me, enter. What are we entering? The realm of God's kingdom. What is that? What is God's kingdom? Is it a place? It's a system of operation. God has got ways. Can you say that with me? Ways. Ways. Ways of operating. Ways of doing things. And you know, one of the most exciting scriptures that I really enjoy, Psalm 103, verse 8, I believe, it says that God showed his ways to Moses and his acts to the children of Israel. What's the difference? Moses had intimate understanding and knowledge and workings of why God did what he did. Children of Israel just simply saw what God could do. Now, I don't know about you, but when I see this, God has allowed you and I, his church, to be familiar and work in God's kingdom, which is his ways. So in these last days, what's important? Yes, to be strong, but it's also important for us to start grasping and understanding the ways of God because that's the only way we will endure our many trials and persecutions. <laughs> oh man. So sometimes people just kind of think a trial or a persecution is coming my way. What do they do? Oh God, can you just fix this? God is saying, I need you to come up a little bit higher because it's not like, you know, when Jesus walked on this earth, everything was roses for him. The most persecuted, most hated man everywhere he walked. Some people absolutely loved him. Some people absolutely hated him. So what do you do with all the haters that try to kill you? Oh God, this is just not fair. I'm the one that created all this earth and they're just so mean. Can you do something about their meanness? Do you see Jesus praying that? No, what do you find him? He started operating in the ways of God and he triumphed over them all. And as a result of many of those walking that way, he won people over to his side. Can we see that? So it's not just, oh, I'm going through a hard time. Great. Pull up your pants and let's go. Well, they're just so mean. Great, it's going to get meaner. So what do I do? I have to learn how to tap in to God's kingdom, to his ways, so I can start living higher above that. For an example, well, they're just being mean. Bless them. Do you know what they said to me? Send them, a, send them, a, send them some money. Send them a gift card to the keg. 
Oh, that I can't, I'm not buying them a steak, a, a well-done steak when they've been acting that way. <laughs> you don't have to, but if you want to operate on a higher level, because Jesus said, you heard it said that you should, you know, love your friend, but hate your enemy. He said, but I say to you, love, bless, and pray for those who persecute you. Why? That's just some kind of churchy thing? No, it's because now you're going on a higher level and eventually they'll realize and they go, I can't believe I was treating you that way. I am, that's the goal. I am so sorry that I was treating you that way. How do I know? I've had experience in this. People that have said nasty, 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 with a capital N, nasty things about me. And all of a sudden, what do you do? You bless them. You speak good of them in the, in the private parts of your own bedroom. You know, when you and, you, you and the spouse start talking, you and your wife start talking, and all of a sudden that name comes up, and what do you, oh, that piece, I'll tell her. What, what, and you start, the opportunity to let it slip is there. No, what do you do? Bless them, Lord. Lord, I just thank you for their life. Lord, I, I, Lord, my prayer is that they would know you greater than any person was able to walk on this earth that would be able to know you. And you start seeing, we had this about a month or so ago, this individual walked back into the building, poured out their heart and just started weeping and saying, I am so sorry. Guess what? That's a win. But it ain't gonna happen if you just start bad-mouthing them. Oh, but I did it in private. It don't matter where you do it. Don't trash talk. Praise the Lord. That's not my message. But for some of you, that, let that be a help to you. <laughs> okay. All right, so again, entering God's kingdom realm this is how we're going to endure trials and tribulations. But not only that, but it's how we're going to level up and start carrying kingdom assignments and fulfilling them. <laughs> right? I hate getting an assignment and then not completing the task. All right. So impact family, I want you to see this in Romans 15, what I said earlier, and kind of what we just heard from um, Chelsea and then Courtney and Jordan, who just kind of took the time to pour their hearts and share, you know, share with each other what's going on, what's life all about. I want you to see this because I believe that this is part of what our call is here. We're not here just to do church stuff, although, hey, churchy should be church. Like this, you don't go to Tim Hortons and say, it smells like donuts in here. I don't like it. Get over it, then walk over to Subway. Right? Well, it's, it's just, it's too churchy in there. Well, church people are going to do church things. Right? I'm not talking about playing church and doing acting like church. I'm talking about the church being the church. And you see a great part of this, and I believe this is part of our call, is also now to see us strengthen one another. Paul says this. He says, now those who are mature, other translations will actually say the word strong. So those who are mature or who are strong in their faith can be easily recognized. Don't raise your hand. We can see you. Because here's the thing, a lot of times, I don't know about this, but you have children. Oh, Papa, I'm, I'm way old. I'm, I act like I'm 16. Ah, you're seven. Right? Everybody always thinks that they're older than they actually are. So here's the thing about those that are mature, strong in the faith, we can actually recognize it. <laughs> ah, okay. And he says, for they don't live to please themselves, but they have learned to patiently, come on, shout it out with me, patiently, no, 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 come on, come on, strong folk. Patiently, patiently embrace others in their immaturity. Why? Because I used to be immature. My parents were very patient with me, and they still are very patient with me. Verse, verse two, he says, our goal must be to empower others to do what is right and good for them. Not good for me. 
good for them. <laughs> All right? And to bring them into spiritual maturity. Verse 3, the last beginning part of this, he says, For not even the most powerful one of all, the anointed one, lived to please himself. What did Jesus do? In fact, Jesus came down to our level. Wow. God of the universe, the one who created all this, came to us who didn't even go, how, how did you do that, Jesus? How, how do you do this? And instead of going, you guys are so stupid. How long do I have to keep telling you this thing over and over? He works with us. How many of you, again, you got your accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior? You got the Holy Spirit inside of you. But do we keep doing the same mistake over and over again? And you don't have the Holy Spirit going, you are a real piece of work. In fact, I'm just going to, I'm, I'm, I'm leaving you. He will never say that. Why? Because he, he has to do what he said he would do in his word. He's with you to the end, and he is good at working with slow learners. So if you're a slow learner, it's okay. Join the club. You have a very gracious God who will stay with you till you get it. But now don't see that freedom and kind of abuse it and go, well, whenever I want to get it, I'll just get it. No, there's also a cooperation with him in this. Lord, I want to get it. <laughs> okay. So now, to be hello, there I am. We are to be all strong. So as we said last week, strength is a result of knowing God. But then another aspect of this, I want to take some time going deeper in here, is strength is the result of knowing who I am in him. Knowing who I am in him. Come on, say that with me. Knowing who I am in him. Where does strength come? How do I, you know, be strong in the Lord? How do I take what the gospel has done? How do I take what Jesus has accomplished through his death and to his resurrection? How do I take the blood of Jesus that has, man, has done so much for me, more than just wiped out all the shame, wiped out all the sin. It has cleansed me completely where now you and I can walk before Almighty God as if we've never sinned. Wow. What a blood sacrifice. How can I take all of this? How do I wrap all this up and start living it out so I start seeing change in my life? It comes from knowing who I am in him. Why? Because this world, there's identities left, right, and center all over the place. But we, church, have to know who we are so we can stand strong and say, no, this is who our God is and this is who I am because I'm in him. So this is the gospel that God proclaimed or the Lord Jesus gave to the Apostle Paul. I want you to get the Apostle Paul. I'm thankful for this man. You and I are reading scripture, words that were revealed to him 2,000 years ago that the church is still proclaiming, should be proclaiming, the, all this time later, the strength of the gospel. Because what Paul saw was so much different than what Peter, James, and John saw. Right? If you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, what did they see? They saw the horror of the crucifixion. Paul wasn't there when Jesus was crucified, naturally speaking. So what did Jesus do? Jesus took Paul and he had to reveal to Paul what happened in the spirit from the grave to the throne. And that Reality, that revelation is what ignited the church and all of a sudden we start going out with this knowledge. 
This wisdom will absolutely slap the devil left, right, and center. He doesn't want you to know it because, again, the devil knows more about what happened from the, uh, the cross to the throne than most believers do, and that's the problem. Satan saw it. He had experienced it. He got his butt kicked. And we talked about last week, it's all like the devil rolling up in a wheelchair to a fight. Spiritual warfare is not you trying to take out the devil. The devil is already a defeated wimp. He's already paralyzed, the Bible says. So you and I are learning to occupy or fight the good fight of faith, which is a one of victory. You're not fighting to get healed. You are the healed and the devil's trying to steal it. You say, no, 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 this is what belongs to me. And you just hold fast. How long do you hold fast? Until you see. This is mine. This is what belongs to me. It's part of my inheritance. This is the fight. Right? Another subject. But this is where you and I have to fight our battles. Not trying to attain victory, but fighting from this place. Devil, this is who I am. This is who God is on the inside of me. Back off. This is the victory that you and I have. And now we need to learn how to operate in it. But a big part of this strength comes from my identity. My identity. You're not who your parents made you to be. You're not what your you know seventh grade teacher said about you, right, Mama? I had a I had a teacher, man. I tell you, she had some choice words about me. It's not who. It's not that. Hey, you know, anybody gone to parent teacher interviews? Do you remember going to parent teacher interviews? He's a wonderful boy, but every teacher, I think they had problems. <laughs> Why don't we have it? No, just kidding. That's a, that's a wrong way. I respect them greatly. But this one wasn't very nice to me. I'm not who that lady says I am. I am who God says I am. <laughs> okay. You're all wondering, what did she say? <laughs> don't matter what she said. But I remember one of the first things she said, walking into her class, I looked into those dark eyes and I saw, I see trouble. I said, you're going to get it too. <laughs> I'll just move on. All right. So as we said, the gospel of Christ, the revelation that Paul received from the Lord is not one day will, but it is the most powerful wisdom, weapon, knowledge on this planet earth. Oh, what about, you know, all the the weapons and stuff that we're creating? What is even more powerful than all that is the gospel of, of Jesus Christ. Why? Because it has already defeated darkness. Now, when a believer comes to realization or the revelation hits of what the gospel is truly about, your identity in Christ Jesus, your days of depression, your days of weakness, your days of being under some sort of sin constantly are over because you have a revelation of I'm in right standing with Almighty God. This takes, this gospel takes the hardest of hearts and it absolutely melts it before Almighty God, where you seek even the toughest people come up to the altar and go, I want this Jesus. What is that? Only the gospel can do that. And this gospel is going to be proclaimed. It will continue to be proclaimed until Jesus comes and gets us. So that's what our message is, church. The church, our message to the world is not like what Chelsea so graciously said today. Act better so that you, the Lord can use you. Be better so that you can come to church. Are you kidding me? No. Who are you? God already sees you. He is for you. God is not against this earth. He's not against mankind. He is against Satan and everything darkness is trying to impose on mankind. 
People that are involved in darkness, they've just yielded to the enemy. That's what it is. So what do we do? Lord, we pray over those people. Let their eyes, let that, that sheer or that uh, blindness, whatever's over their eyes, Lord, we lift that off of them in Jesus' name. We call them in. We call them home. God is not against people. So what do we need to be doing? Lord, we got to help see these people. And that's why we got to proclaim the gospel. Even people that try to shut down the church. You can't. This church will never shut down. I'm telling you right now, no disease, no 2024 virus that they may make up in the future is ever going to shut this thing down. Why? Because we're a church founded on Jesus Christ and the gates of hell will not prevail. This isn't a stick it to the government message. This is our God is big. Our God is strong. Now let us help you see what God is able to do. That's the message that we proclaim. So it's not this screw you government. That's not the message that we proclaim. It's our God is good. Come join the flock. Right? So why do we need? We need strong people. Okay. Now let's look here for a moment. In Galatians chapter 1, verse 15 through 16. Again, I want you again to see what God revealed to Paul. It was a God inside. God inside. Not just God around, among us. It's God within you. This is a huge shift, right? So uh, look at this. He says now after, you know, the apostle Paul is kind of sharing a little bit of his, of his history, his journey. He said, I was the most zealous of all those that were my age. I had the best training. I was going against the church of God. I was persecuting it. Listen, this is the man who murdered believers, like a modern day terrorist. That's who he was. And all of a sudden, Acts chapter nine, on the road to Damascus, he had this encounter with Jesus Christ himself. And remember, what did Jesus say? Paul or Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting my people? Why are you persecuting me? So that's why we can be strong in all this because Jesus takes this personally. Whenever you go against the church, whenever you go against the people of his family, God is a covenant making God. God will always back his kids before anything else. <laughs> well, that, how, how can that happen? That, that catastrophe taking place in the world. I mean, they've, I mean, that people, they've been hurting the church for a long time. God will never abandon his children. All right. So now Paul is laying all this out, but then he says, but when God who had chose me and set me apart before I was born and called me through his grace. Now notice this, he was pleased to reveal his son in me. Go click, guys, verse 16. He chose to reveal his son in me so that I might preach him among the Gentiles the good news, the way of salvation. So what did God do? He called him before he was born. And then what did the father choose to do? He chose to reveal Jesus in him. Why is this so important? Because a lot of times, a lot of people, they're trying to find Jesus everywhere but what the New Testament tells them to look. Oh, look at the clouds. That looks kind of has like the shape of Jesus' face. Oh, did you see like the, maybe the haze or the smoke was on it? Oh, I saw like Jesus was kind of in that smoke cloud. And okay, but the New Testament tells us where to look inside. We're looking for Jesus in all the wrong places. Where is he? It's great. Maybe a cloud, you saw the picture of Jesus' face. Cute, wonderful. But even more stronger and more powerful is to realize the revelation that he is in you. 
Say it, he's in me. This is the revelation that Paul received. Jesus himself, through his spirit, is living on the inside of each and every child of Almighty God. When that hits, ding, greater is he that is living in me than he that is in the world. It's like, man, devil, what are you trying to do? Greater is he that's in me. No matter what comes my way, greater one lives on the inside of me. So this revelation that Paul received is a huge deal, church. We got to, I mean, it's great to, oh, we've heard about that. Jesus living in the, no, 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 you got to grasp this. The king of glory gave us his spirit and says, he's going to live on the inside of you. He's going to mold you. He's going to show you my love. He's going to reveal my character. He's going to reveal my goodness. But not only that, he's also going to reveal who you are because you are in him. And this church is where the power, this is where all the difference takes place between your your religious bunch and those who are actually set on fire with Jesus himself. It's I know who I am. Not this arrogant thing. It's this confidence and this boldness. Like uh, John and Peter, when they walked in front of the San Andrean, all the religious rulers, they looked at them and they said, surely these are uneducated men. How can they be doing all these things? But they recognized the boldness. They saw the boldness of these men and they recognized these guys have been with Jesus. There is a difference. There's this religious smudgeness where we know more, we're holier than thou. And then there's this This Jesus-loving, Jesus-people, confidence and boldness, yet so gentle. (laughs) Jesus is a lion, and he's a lamb. Wow. How do you mix those two? He does. And that's what he called his church to be. We're aligned when it comes to the kingdom of darkness, but when we work with our brothers and sisters, when we're working with those in the world, we got to be this just gentle, this like a lamb-like, smart as a serpent, but we're gentle like a lamb. Why? Because it's the gentleness, the goodness of God that leads people to change. (laughs) All right. Thank you for your excitement. Now, Galatians 2.20, this becomes a very important verse for us to read. But the Apostle Paul says, I have been. Can you read that out together with me? I have been. So this isn't a spiritual attain this that you get to. This isn't a spiritual, you know, this is where I'm at finally. I'm finally leveling up in my spirituality. The moment you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you can say this, I have been. I have been crucified with Christ. Wow. This opens up a whole can of worms that we'll see how the Lord leads us. But this is, I've been crucified with Christ and it is no longer I It's no longer I who live, but it's now Christ lives in me. Some translations say it's Christ using my body as a second existence. Woo! (laughs) Who's living on the inside of you? Christ lives on the inside of you. He's using your body as a second existence. Hello! Then he says, so the life that I now live in this body... I live because of the faithfulness of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I like the message Bible. This message Bible says it like this. I identified myself completely with him. I identified myself completely with him. So what's he saying with all this? In other words, it's the work of Jesus, 
his death, his burial, his resurrection is more just to talk about than just on Easter Sunday. The death, burial, resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ absolutely changes everything from my Monday through Sunday living. It changes it drastically because my living is no longer Joel just living. It's Christ now living on the inside of me. But how come I'm not seeing any of this? I have to change the way that I think. I actually have to start putting this into practice. Right Now look at this, Romans chapter 6 and verse 6. The Apostle Paul again says these words. He says, we know. We know. Say it, we know. What do we know? We know that our old self. What is the old self talked about? Your inner man. Your old spiritual condition. Our human nature, without the Holy Spirit, was nailed to the cross with him in order that our body of sin, what's he talking about body of sin? He's talking about that old spiritual nature. The old man is dead, might be done away with so that I could live no longer as be a slave to sin. You know what fixes problems? I mean, just from a natural perspective now, let's just picture a guy who's just has a problem with alcohol, drinking all the time, drinking all the time, drinking all the time. How do you fix it? Kill him. I mean, all of a sudden, if you just, you just, I mean, there was a Western movie I watched a long, long time ago. Like, I don't even know if I've ever seen a Western movie since then. Uh, but I think it's called Hang 'em High. Any Westerners out there that you like? So uh, he, he, I guess, was stealing some horses or something, and they had this loose around his neck, and they say, any last words? And uh, he says, well, this is going to teach me a really good lesson. <laughs> so how do you fix all these issues? I just got a problem with this. Die. Well, this is exactly what it is spiritually wise. I, I, I got these things. I'm working through all this. We'll die. It's the same way if you, for an example, if there, this is again, just an example that's coming to my mind right now. But if you, you know, you knew somebody who was a, like to, you know, um, keep all this stuff. They were very, uh, what's that called? Like pack, what's that? A hoarder, yes, a hoarder. And they just like keeping all this stuff, keeping all this stuff. And all of a sudden, like you go around their stuff, don't touch their stuff. Don't touch my stuff. Don't you dare touch my stuff. This is my stuff. Don't you dare take it. Well, all of a sudden that hoarder dies. What do you do with all that stuff? I can get rid of all of it. My mom is really good at that. We'll just, we'll just chuck it, throw it, get rid of it completely. So there's no even, there's not even knowledge that this stuff even existed unless you think he's still there. So what is the Apostle Paul trying to bring to you and I? We know that our old self is dead. Meaning, the nature of sin is completely dead. Now, if you think he's still around, that's why you're meddling in it. But if you have an understanding and a revelation of, I have been crucified with Christ. He took me to the cross with him. He died with everything I had. It's completely gone. When you have that, these are no longer coming back. It starts changing the way that you think. Oh, I just got a problem with drugs. I got a problem with pornography. Oh, I got a problem with, you know, alcohol. I got a problem with lying. I got a problem with just being rude. I got a problem with all oh, blah, 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 blah. You start laying it off. You need a revelation of you dead. You are absolutely dead. I remember my dad, we did a, we used to do these youth skits. Back in the day, uh, it's like our newscast. And we actually rented a coffin. And we, we did, I mean, he had a, there was a bunch of 
jokes and stuff that we said in there. But we also used it for one of our, our, our Wednesday services and really just try to impart. We actually had kids climb in the casket and say, just lay in there for a little bit. We're going to close the lid. We'll open it up. But your old man is dead. Why do you keep acting as if you're going to resurrect this thing? He's dead. Leave him in the box. How do I do that? I have been crucified with Christ. You stay dead. <laughs> you remind yourself, he's a dead man. Why resurrect him? All right? Okay. I'm glad that example went over real well. <laughs> now, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17. So if I have been dead, if I died, my old man died. Well, what does the Bible say? It says, now, therefore, if any man is... Come on, these, are the, these two words are the signature of the gospel. These are powerful words. So every time in your Bible, there's 130 of them, but 35 of them that will make you go ding, 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 ding. This is one of them. What are the other 35? You go study and you find them out in Paul's letters. Anyone is... Y'all, I need all of y'all. This is, this is the gospel. This is what Satan hates. If anyone... Who is anyone? Anyone is... In Christ, that is, amplified, just amplifies it, grafted in, joined to him by faith in him as Savior, he is. So now notice, this is identification talk. Identification talk. Anyone who is in Christ, he is. So this is, again, not something that one day you're going to attain. This is who you are the moment you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You're in Christ. You are a new Creature, reborn and renewed by the Spirit of God. And the old things, the old stuff, verse, uh, keep going on, the previous moral and the spiritual condition has passed away. Look. Come on, church, key word. Look. Look now. Look what? what? New things have come because spiritual awakening brings a new life. So a new life has been reborn you have to know who this new man is. And again, you look through all the Gospels and you constantly see not only the disciples, but everywhere Jesus preached, people would ask, who is this man? He walks on water, casts out devil, says Shh, to storms and it calms down. He feeds 5,000 people. Who is this guy? He's an example of who you are. So we a lot of times look at Jesus and go, oh, isn't he just amazing? Isn't he just amazing? And he absolutely is. But don't just stop it there because that would actually to be to downplay everything that he did at the cross. Jesus didn't go through the agony of the cross just to help you out a little bit. You know, once in a while when you think about you have a problem, just, just think about me and, you know, it'll be okay. Jesus paid a huge price for you and I just to be stuck and just saying, I'm only human. You're more than that. Yes, you are a human. You've got a human body, absolutely. But on the inside of you, you have the very divine nature of God Almighty. The same spirit that raised up Jesus lives on the inside of you. How come we're not seeing stuff? Because it hasn't clicked. We haven't gotten the revelation and fully seen it where we go, oh, I see it, I see it, I see it. It's mine, devil, watch out. Rather than, oh, you know, it's just that time of year. Everybody just gets the flu. Are you kidding me? I'm a new man made in Christ Jesus. And unless it does heaven go, oh, it is around December, January, February. Yeah, people do get a little sick around this time of month, don't they? <laughs> no, 
He talks to you from that new identity. And that's why people sometimes have a hard time connecting or relating with God because they still like to talk like the old man. God doesn't speak old. He speaks new. And he says, this is who you are. This is what I've made you to be. This is my son. And in you, I am well pleased. Thank you, Lord. That's who I am. So look at this in Ephesians chapter 4. So what do I got to do? Put on. Everybody say it with me. Put on. The same way you put on clothes this morning. And probably a few layers to add that. You have to put on the new nature. Created to be like God. So, So what does that mean? How do I do this? Who is the new man as I just said? God became human. And he actually put on, he clothed himself in humanity to reveal what the Father had in mind for you all along. God put in Christ, God did in Christ what he wanted to do in every single one of us. It's to see mankind, the Bible says in Genesis 1, to have dominion over the earth. What does dominion mean? It means to dominate it. To dominate, not people, but to have authority over all the earth. And Bible even says, even the creepy things. You have authority over the creeps of this earth. That's what God gave you dominion and authority over. So what you and I are realizing and recognizing, this new creation isn't just some kind of like, oh, it's for high up Christianity. No, it's for his children. It belongs to you because you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Not going to hell. Thank God for that. But there is so much more. And what is it? Learning to identify who I am in Christ Jesus. The first thing we just simply read is this. 2 Corinthians 5.17. If any man be in Christ, he is. Now you see a lot of those, those words together. In Christ, he is. In Christ, you are. In Christ, I am. Who am I? I'm a new creation. What is that new creation? The Bible literally, the Greek literally means new in kind, new in quality. You're not just a human being. You're not here just doing a job, doing my nine to five, doing my thing, take my kids to school, pick them up from school, go to practice, come home, make dinner, go to bed, repeat, 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 come to Sunday, yay, repeat, 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 go to a prayer meeting, oh, shalabash, oh, that felt a little bit good, oh, that was nice, okay, and then Monday comes around, repeat, 9 a.m. to school, and we just go through this earth like it's blah, 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 blah. How do I get out of that same cycle? Ephesians chapter 1. We are going to continue to pray this prayer. Why? Because it is an endless prayer. What am I praying for? Oh God, can you just give me like a nice day, you know, and stuff? Like, I'd just be great if my car could start in like minus 34. Eh? It'd be great, God. Like, really? Why are we talking to Almighty God who says, you're a new creation in Christ Jesus, and we're just asking for these little things? Don't get me wrong, it's nice. Lord, thank you. My car, lay hands on my car. Car, you start in the morning in Jesus' name. You will start. And I'll tell you, my Hummer just goes, it's like singing to me, and then I I go, and then it fires up, and I go, out a girl, out a girl. But higher than all of that is God, I want to know some things. I want, yes, I want to know you. That's my determined purpose. I want to know you. But Lord, you put me on the inside of you. You placed me in Christ. And this is why the apostle Paul can pray this prayer because he saw it. 
Now, the revelation that Paul received and got is not just for the Apostle Paul. If that were the case, we would have no Bible to read. We wouldn't see be reading these scriptures. But you can see the will of God is that his family, his children, his church know something. And church, it's, you got to be sick and tired of this religious junk that you constantly just see around. Just these constant squabbles about something like this. And is it okay to have a tattoo? And should I be doing this? Blah, 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 blah. I want to know something bigger than all that. What do I want to know? I want to know God through the Father of my Lord Jesus Christ. The Father of glory. Glory. What's glory? Everything good. Weighty. This weighty good. Our God who is so heavy in goodness. I'm talking to the Father of goodness right now. And may you grant me, Father, this is what I'm asking, that you would grant me a spirit of wisdom and revelation. What is a spirit of revelation? That gives me deep and personal and intimate insight into the true knowledge of you. Are we going to go on? You guys follow with me there, please. For we know the Father through the Son. Verse 18. Verse 18. And it says, And I pray that the eyes... Of my heart. So come on, we're not just praying for a bigger truck this morning. What am I praying for? I'm praying for more than just, oh Lord, I want my kids to obey me. That's great. But when you start seeing some of these things, you can start operating from a higher level than just smart up. God, I'm asking you that the eyes of my heart, the very center and the core of my being, may be enlightened, flooded with light by the Holy Spirit, so that I will know and cherish the hope. The divine guarantee, the confident expectation to which you have called me. Let me just quickly time out here for a moment. Every attack the enemy does against you is not just to make you have a difficult time in that situation. He's after something. He's after something. What is he after? The identity. Because if he can thwart your identity, he can abort your destiny. So you've got to say, that's enough. I am know who I am. Stop allowing the devil to tell you who you are. Generation, stop it. We're just a confused bunch. No, you're not. Oh, this world just has so much information. That's very true. But what we do have is the truth that will tell you exactly who you are. You don't need to go to a school to figure out who you are. Don't try to go to, you know, Alaska or Hawaii. I just got to find yourself. You will be very disappointed. Why? Because you will find you. And in yourself, you got nothing. You is nothing. You can do nothing. But when you find who he is, and your relationship all begins in him, it changes everything. You see a person who went from shy to how are they being bold? Because God never created a shy individual. So don't say that over your kids. Oh, they're just shy. My some way, not a chance. My kids are not shy. They are bold individuals in Jesus. The riches, what else am I asking for? The eyes of being enlightened, that I may know the riches of his glorious inheritance in me. There's an inheritance, y'all. Anybody enjoy a good inheritance? Right? You get stuff. Right? Well, there's an inheritance that Jesus placed on the inside of you because he died and he rose again from the dead to make sure that his will is happening in your life. And what is it? A new creature in Christ Jesus. Hurry up, Joel, because my time is done. Verse 19. He says, and what else? I'm praying that your eyes be enlightened and so that I will begin to know what the immeasurable and unlimited and surpassing. Wow. Do you hear those words? The immeasurable. What does that mean? 
You can't measure it. The unlimited. What does that mean? There's no limit. The surpassing greatness. That means it's passing greatness. Of his active power that is in, that is where? In us who believe. These are in accordance with the working. Again, what is this power? It's the same power that he worked. Verse 20, he produced it in Christ when he raised Christ. And when he raised Christ, who else did he raise? He raised the human race that would believe on him. He raised you and I who called on Jesus from the dead and seated him and us at his own right hand in the heavenly places. You think that's quite a distance from the depths of hell to the highest position in heaven. Talk about promotion. And there is a major shift that took place from here to there. And that's what the Apostle Paul is trying to get across to this church is you got to see what happened here because Jesus took you down there with him spiritually. And then when Jesus rose from the dead, he didn't leave you there. He said, now you, I'm creating a brand new man and I'm lifting him up completely out of death, out of grave, out of the hold and grips of death. And I'm placing him at the highest seat possible at the right hand of God and you are right there with them. Woo! Now all of a sudden, how does the church get a little more confident? We got some swag in our step. Why? Because we know who we are in him. Man, I tell you, you are a dangerous bunch. And when you realize it, Satan, every time you wake up, he'll go, shoot, they're up. Man, I hate when they wake up. Can we let them sleep a little longer? Stop the nightmare. Stop all that stuff. We need them to sleep really long because every time they wake up, they cause hell for us. Yeah, that's who we're after. We're after souls. We're strengthening the body. We're carrying out his vision. We're carrying out his purpose. Not, oh God, if you could please do something in this earth, then please do it. No, he's saying you do it. Here, here's everything you need and pray this prayer so that you can see it. That's the only thing that's blocking you from going to the next level is seeing it. Depth of sight is depth of ministry. If you can see it, you can see it. Finish it off, Joel. Verse 21, he says, far above, this is where you're seated, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, above every name that is named, not only in this age and this world, but also in the one which is to come. And he has put all things, say with me, all things, Verse 22, guys, in all things, in every realm, in subjection under Christ's feet. And then he appointed Jesus as the supreme head over all things for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills and completes all things in all believers. In other words, saying because of what Jesus has done, Jesus has influence in this world, That world, but everywhere on this planet, Jesus, where he is Lord, has supreme authority to carry out his headship and lordship over this earth. So I don't know about you, church, but we willingly say Jesus is Lord. He's Lord of Red Deer. He doesn't need a whole lot of people. He needs one person to say, Jesus is Lord. What do you want to do in this earth? And watch what he's able to do. Amen? Let's all stand up together. A few cracks here. Okay. You're called the army of God. So church, can we just lift our hands to him for a moment? Because this is how we get our orders. Jesus, this is where we get our strength. 
Jesus, this is where we come to not only bless you and magnify you, but this is where he comes to impart. You are the army of the living God. Come on, say it. I'm the army of the living God. So if he needs something done, who's he going to call? Right here. Right here. So church, we got to know who he is. So let's just make some bold declarations again from the word of God concerning who we are. So let's say this. In the name of Jesus, I am a child of the most high God. I'm in Christ. And because I'm in him, I'm a new creature. The old is gone. The new has come. My eyes are opened. My ears are opened. I see things. I know things from his word that strengthens me. I'm not a wimp. I'm not, a, I'm not, I'm not sick. How can you say that? Because that's not who I am. I'm not broke. Who am I? Say it. Who am I? I'm healed. I'm blessed. I'm an overcomer in every area of my life. Victory belongs to me in Jesus' name. That's who I am. Now, as you go throughout this week, remind yourself, put on the new man. How do I put him on? Speak it. I put on, this is who I am. I have a sound mind. Because God's kids, you think about it. Does God have a bad mind? Neither do his children. I have a sound mind. Come on, some of you need to touch your mind right now. Say, I have a sound mind. Those thoughts that the devil's trying to impart and place on the inside of you, making it think it's your idea, making you think that it's actually who you are. Say, no, 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 stop right now. Stop it right now. That's not who I am. That does not belong to me. I will not die of cancer. No, 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 no. I will not die of cancer. I just hear that stirring on the inside of me. There's those thoughts that try permeating your mind. Say it, I will not die of cancer. And this is not just positive confession, but we start saying and declaring what God says. With long life, he will satisfy me. Come on, you don't have to have cancer to say that. With long life, he satisfies me. So talk to your body. Now, body, this is the, I need this suit to operate here. Suit, you operate well. You function well. That's who we are. Amen? Amen. Father, thank you so much for your love for us. Thank you for your goodness. Lord, we just speak the blessing of God over us as a church family. We thank you for your love that never ends. It never gives up. It never fades. Jesus, right now, I ask you that you would impart your grace, your goodness towards those that are just under the sound of my voice. In the name of Jesus, we speak life to you. Life. The same life of God living strong on the inside of you. Father, I just have this during sleep. Soundness of sleep. Oh, I'm struggling with sleeping. No, no, no. The Bible says that he gives his beloved rest. You are his beloved So I just speak rest over your soul, rest over your body. You will have your full eight hours this night in Jesus' name. Sleep long, sleep well, and I want you to tell me about it. I don't know who that is, but you will sleep the full night through. Don't even have to get up to pee. You will sleep your whole night through. Don't pee in your bed, but you will sleep your whole night through. 
Thank you, Father. We love you, Lord. Come on, can we just lift our hands just for a moment? I don't want to just exit this right away. It's cold. You're going nowhere anyway, so don't worry about it. Thank you, Lord. We trust you. We trust you. I just kind of have this going on the inside of me. Just those that have uh, couples that have babies on the way. I don't know where you are, if there is any in the room. Maybe I should have asked for it. But I just kind of sense this. Just, just peace over your soul as you're carrying. In Jesus' name. Peace to your soul. You will f- carry that child till full term. Come on, don't, it's not just me saying it. You've got to speak this. Your voice is your spirit and your address in the spirit. You have to speak it. Baby, you are protected. Baby, you are developing and growing strong inside that womb. In Jesus' mighty name. Devil, get your hands off of these children. They do not belong to you. They belong to Almighty God. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name.